Podcast. This is Big Mo on the line, and I have with me here Action Jackson here on a beautiful October Wednesday in the state of Arkansas. Action, how you doing out there? Uh, well, it's uh, definitely a beautiful day. Uh, you know, uh, we, we wish we were uh, talking about a win, but uh, we, we don't get that opportunity as, as Arkansas fans right now. But uh, aside from that, uh, just everything's great and uh, just uh, looking forward to another opportunity to see what we can talk about today. Absolutely. Well, I'm with you. I was I was hoping that we would have better results, but honestly, by the time that the uh, news broke about uh, us missing four starters on defense and Rocket Sanders about, I'd say, an hour, hour and a half before game time, my hopes really dipped, and uh, I did not have much faith in the game. Uh, you know, did not have much faith in, in getting a good result. But, you know, the game started out pretty well. well. You know, after the start of the game, it looked like we were going to be able to hang with them for most of the first half. And then, of course, the second half of the first half, the proverbial uh, dam broke open, and... Uh, and they scored 21 points on us, put us down 21 to three, and things did not look so good. Yeah, uh, it's, I mean it's it's really good in college football to have a field goal kicker as reliable as Camp Little is, and he's just about automatic. And uh, but I think we said it on last last week's episode: you can't kick field goals and expect to win these games. Uh, if our first two points were were touchdowns, if our first two you know points we put on the board were touchdowns. Once again, we win the game. Uh, but you know, it's yet again we're we're sitting here talking about a a, a moral victory, and that's where we've been stuck at for uh, foreseeable the, the you know the, the whole season. Moral yeah. victory after moral victory after moral victory, and I, I have to give the defense credit. Whatever Travis Williams is, is, is talking to those guys at you know in the second late in the second quarter in the second half, it's working because you know. Alabama kicks a field goal in the second half and doesn't do any other damage. And if our offense was productive at all, once again, we're talking about a win and a win over a highly ranked Alabama team. But yet we're here talking about uh, five consecutive losses, and and now we got to try to see if we can scrounge up some wins here on the back end of the schedule and get a bowl game. Yeah. I mean – uh, you know, I thought about what you said about field goals wouldn't beat Alabama. When we kicked those first two field goals, I started thinking to myself, maybe action's wrong. Maybe field goals will beat Alabama because our defense was looking pretty good to start the game. But then reality hit us. We had we had four defensive players who did not make it to the game. Right. And – and at some point, the bill, beca- bill comes due, and we did a- exceptional. Like you said, Travis Williams, exceptional job in the second half. 
to hold Alabama to just a field goal. And honestly, uh, the defense almost won us the game. Of course, Jalen Milrow made an extraordinary pass late in the fourth quarter to end up sealing it for Alabama on, a, I believe it was a third and 10, third and 12 play. Just a, a pass, you know, you're only going to hit that pass one out of 15 or 20 times. Threaded it over one defender. Guy was completely covered, but he threaded it over the head of one defender and then underneath the outstretched arms of another defender to a, a waiting receiver. And, um, you know, it was just a, it was a spectacular play that you got to tip your hat to him on that. But, you know, we, we put ourselves in the position to where that play is not just something that Alabama needs, but something that essentially clinches in the game, yeah. you know. And, yeah. with, and you know, with the, with the starters being out on defense, you know, uh, I, I was just, you know, I was, I was just thinking, man, you know, we're, we're probably going to get, we're probably going to get our butts handed to us today and, uh, when we fell behind, uh, I have to be honest. When we fell behind by the by the big margin, you know, eventually being down twenty four to six, I said, "Well, you know, this is this is probably fixing to get ugly." And the resiliency of our team, and you know, Alabama gave us a lot of help with penalties on our touchdown drives. But you know, you got to get those breaks, and we got those breaks during the season. We just hadn't been able to take advantage of them. And, we finally take advantage of a few, and, and once again, it just, just, just ended up not being enough. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I hate it for the team, you know, for what we've seen in these, you know, these first seven games. But it, I, I think, and, and I could be wrong. I've been wrong most of the year. I might as well be wrong again. But I think that somewhere in that second half, I began to sense a turnaround for the rest of the season. Uh, I think I think there's some guys that are that haven't had confidence because they haven't had a chance to play, and I think there's some guys, especially on defense, that got that opportunity, and now they have some confidence under their belt, and we're going to see what happens going forward. Uh, I don't think that there's a game on the rest of the schedule that uh, that we we can't win. Uh, you know, Missouri's going to be tough at the end of the year, especially if we're trying to beat them to make to make a bowl game. But uh, I, I, I like I like the positive things that I, that I felt after losing Alabama because there's been years in the past, Big Mo, that we've lost Alabama and I didn't feel anything positive out of it. I mean, 52 to nothing, 52 to nothing, uh, you know, 49 to 7, you know, just absolute shellacking. And for us to go down there and, and be down 18 and be able to battle back and have a chance at the end to possibly tie or win the game, I just, I, I, I got to tip, tip my hat to the coaches on defense for, for for keeping us in it. And I got to give a thumbs down to the offense again for not doing enough to give us the, the real chance to win the game. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I kind of called it last week when I said that most likely we we're going to make it close at the end and choke it away. And I, I don't consider what we did choking this time. Um, you know, I guess it kind of is. It, it it felt like, you know, obviously we had battled back to make it uh, a, a game there after being down 21 to 6. So it is kind of more of not finishing than choking. But when you have the ball down by three points and five minutes left in college football, 
you know, I hate to say it, and it's hard it's hard to say it when you're in Alabama and you're playing the Alabama defense. But you've, you've got to go down there and find a way, especially when you have the field goal kicker we do, to get that ball within field goal range and, and kick three points if, if you're going to beat a team like Alabama. And he's already kicked from 55 and 49 in this game. So, I mean, it's yeah. not out of his wheelhouse, uh, even from 56, which he exactly. did earlier in the year. No, you know, I don't think 60 is out of his wheelhouse, you know, because he, he tends to hammer these long field goals through. So, uh, yeah, you just want to give him a chance. And, and the offense just, I mean, like like we talked about, you know, off air, you know, the, the Alabama defense really – really gave us those two touchdown drives because the offense was not productive enough in either one of those drives no. to to score. But they not. did take advantage when Alabama did make a mistake, and that's that's normally what happens to us. And, you know, that Alabama almost got a taste of their own medicine once again. Same old phrase. We came up just a little bit short. And uh, it, it's just, you know, it's, it's becoming a, a very sickening pattern as a fan to just keep coming up so close to these wins and not getting them. And, and they, you know, that's why I keep talking about moral victories. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of these moral victories. These moral victories only get you so far. And there's not a coach out there that's coaching today on moral victories. The, the coaches that have moral victories under their, their belt, they're, they're down at the high school level now or they're no longer coaching football. So, Moral victories aren't aren't going to keep you a job. You know, you got to yeah. go out and win a game. And, and I think that uh, I think Mississippi State comes at at a very good time, very crucial time in the schedule for this Razorback football team. Uh, and, and it's a game that uh, I, I I very much uh, I don't even know if I can say expect because I don't know what to expect anymore. But it's a game I do think we can win. Yeah, what killed Arkansas? I hope I hope we do win against Mississippi State. What killed us in Alabama is we had six consecutive three and outs. We beginning with a minute and fifty seconds uh, left in the second quarter. We had, or I'm sorry, minute fifty seconds left in the first quarter. We had a three and out, a three and out three and out the only one in there that might not be considered a three and out was at the end of the half when we got the ball back with 50 seconds and we only ran two plays and just let the clock go down but we only got six yards on those two plays chances are that was probably going to be a three and out too and then we started the second half with two consecutive three and outs the first time we did something that wasn't a three and out was we scored a touchdown and the way we scored was it was a busted play that KJ ran on. And really, the only plays that the the two plays that allowed us to score touchdowns in the second half were um, were plays where KJ was just running for his life. Yeah, and you can't rely on those. That that's basically a bad play call where the receiver did not get open, but. The quarterback's able to escape pressure, and and he ran for 22 yards on the first touchdown drive, and he ran for 23 yard a 23 yard run on the second touchdown drive, and on that second touchdown drive, there's also some penalties that helped us on the first drive, 
uh, Alabama uh, face mask for 15 yards and the pass interference for 15 yards. Those were big. Um, but also, in addition to the 23-yard run on the second touchdown drive, there was a play in which I, I, we talked about off-air, but it, it still amazes me. Um, the cornerback for Alabama came from the right side completely untouched. Now everybody who watched the game saw this wrapped up KJ and KJ peeled the cornerback off of him. He had the football in his right hand with his left hand. He peeled the cornerback off of him like a, like a jello roll up and uh, kind of slung him to the ground, scrambled to his right where the guy, the cornerback had left was wide open, passed it to him for an additional 25 yards to get us down to the, uh, to get us down to the 15-yard line of Alabama. So um, they passed it to uh, Gums, Varkey's Gums, the 25 yards. So the three, the only three plays that I see in the second half where Arkansas gained more than 10 yards on a play were all busted plays. None of them were designed plays that were that worked like they were supposed to. That's a problem. And without and, and it's definitely a problem. And, and without a special player like KJ, uh, those plays don't even happen. I mean, yeah. any other quarterback is, is, is sacked right there. You punt the ball, and you probably give up more points. I mean, but the way the defense played, I can't really say that because they only gave up a field goal in the second half. So, uh, you know, you might have eventually got the ball back. But, you know, it, and, and KJ, uh, I, I really – I really hate how this season's went for him because he's 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 such a talented athlete and uh, and for him to just have a, a, a struggling year along with his team, uh, you know I hate it for him because he uh, he he's, we we see what we see what ha- what happens when he gets time and, and what he can do with nothing. I mean, if he had if we had any kind of offense, how great a year can KJ have had up to this point? I mean, we, we could be looking at, at five and two and, or six and one, but in, instead, you know, like like I keep saying that you know we're, we're two and five and we're searching for something that's not a moral victory. Uh, the, these players need an actual victory. They 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 need to go out and win a game. And uh, yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping that they're going to string together several in this back stretch of this of this uh, of this schedule because. Like I said, these these games are, are winnable. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody expected us to go to Alabama and win, even though they were very beatable. But we didn't get it done. And I, I'm curious to see what we're going to do when we go back. We finally get to go back to Reynolds Razorback Stadium for a home game this weekend and see see, see what business that we're able to handle on our, on our home field. I hope so, and, and Mississippi State, I think, is kind of limping into the game, so that'll be helpful. But but we got to, you know, I, I felt like the offensive line for a, a lot of the time uh, last game was actually pretty good. But, um, the, the you know, Alabama still got to KJ four times for four sacks. That means he's been sacked 20 times now. KJ has been sacked 20 times in the past uh, in the past five games, 
Yeah, that's no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm wrong about that. Uh, 20 times in the past four games. Yes. Yeah, so. Definitely, definitely even more unacceptable. Uh, you know, and if somebody tells you that with the Sam Pittman coast team, you're like, nah, man, they're not getting 20 sacks. They're not, they're not giving up that many sacks. Come on, man. That's, that's, that's unbelievable. But I, I think we've pretty much outlined it that, you know, uh, up to this point of the season, we know where one of our main problems is, and it's with the offensive line, which makes the whole offense look better. It doesn't matter who the play caller is. You know, if you can't block, then the offense isn't going to work. You know, and uh, it's just, you know, it's just really, it's just really been, it's really been a, a, a tough first half of the season, uh, plus the game, and I'm hoping for just better results and brighter things ahead. Yeah, I, I was I was just utterly disappointed in our offensive game plan against Alabama. It, it seemed like there was really no strategy for how we were going to move the ball or solve that defense with superior defenders. And a, obviously, I think a lot of the plan was to stay away from the pass rush by calling fewer pass plays because you know KJ only attempted twenty four passes, which was. 15 less than he attempted against Ole Miss. So clearly there was a, there was a concerted effort to not put him in harm's way by having him drop back a lot. But with that being said, you've got to come up with a strategy for how to move the ball. And I did not see, like I said, the only plays that worked in the best half that we had, which was the second half where we beat Alabama, you know, uh, 15 to 3 in the second half. Beat them 15 to 3 in the second half. And that's saying something. But I, I didn't really see virtually any offensive play that that worked. Uh, I mean, again, a few of them worked, but they didn't get more than 10 yards. And and if they did work, the few, we couldn't sustain it. There was, there was just no exploitation of a certain weakness that's all it would have taken to win that game and and jackson what really hurts me about that game is it's like clint sterner said on twitter this was the year to beat alabama alabama is not gonna they they were very beatable this year they have a quarterback problem they have serious offensive problems and their defense is good but not dominant and, and this was the year to beat them in Tuscaloosa. I'm convinced of that now more than ever after watching that game. But, um, bothers, you know, what bothers me uh, about, you know, the way this season is turning out, uh, I just don't, I just don't think that the offensive preparation when we go into a game is anywhere as sound and as crisp as our defense preparation is because no, it's not. We played good enough defense to win all of these SEC games that we've lost, yeah. except for except for LSU because it turned into a shootout. There was no defense played in that game by either team. But all the other games, our defense played good enough to win all of them, especially in the second half. Like I said, I don't know what Coach Williams says to those guys at halftime, but look what look what A and M did after the half. Look what Ole Miss did after the half, and look what we just witnessed against Alabama after the half. Alabama picked a field goal. They scored three points in a half of football. And if you told me that before the game, I'm like, man, we might have had a chance to win. But not so fast because we don't have an offense 
that appears to have any sound strategy going into a football game. It's really, yeah. really sad. That's the problem. The problem is I'm, I'm just not – like you said, it's it's we're not getting blown out of any of these games. We don't have an overall strategy on how to win the game, but most importantly, we don't have that killer instinct at the end of the game like our like our defense. Our defense improves as the game goes along. Our offense doesn't. Our offense does not make adjustments to what they're doing. Does not identify weaknesses at how they're playing, how they're, how they're setting up for us to exploit. By the end of the game, when you get on that last drive, you're supposed to be clicking at all cylinders because, number one, the defense is tired. They're tired, and they don't know what plays come, and it's harder to play defense at the end of the game. But, number two, you've had an entire game to see what's working and what's not and to, and to tailor your game plan for that situation. Yeah. And and you've got you've got to come you've you've got to be able to adjust on the fly, and I'm I'm just particularly disappointed with that last drive not being able to sustain. It goes back to I think what I said last week that we've got to figure out. I'm more convinced now than ever that tr- that you've got to try to get ten yards on every play. That's the yeah. best strategy. Because getting four and five yards is not working when you have a team like we do, which is not capable of of getting a third and short situation. We've got to avoid third down like the plague. Right. And then, you know, and on top of that, I mean, not only did I not witness any strategy that was trying to score a touchdown, I didn't see any strategy that was even trying to get into field goal range because, I mean, Theoretically, yeah. you only have to get to about the 40, the 43, 40, 42, 43 yard line of Alabama, and you can feel comfortable sending Cam Little out to kick that field goal. Yeah. I would say the 45. So you, when you get the ball back, you don't have to go 75 yards and score a touchdown. Yes, it would be nice. It would be great, fantastic. But at least give your team a chance to tie the game. There wasn't even any strategy that was looking for a tie. I mean, yeah. it was. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I, I, I'm, I, I'm continuing to scratch my head about it because it's just almost like, well, we don't want to turn the ball over. We're, we're going to play passive right here, and and what do we do? We, we get more negative yards than we do positive yards on a potential game time or game winning drive. That's unacceptable. You're not yeah. going to win like that. You're not going to win like that, especially in Alabama. And so you know, it, it it's it's painful because. We're always there, and and we're we're just continu- continuously coming up short. But also, this was the year to really to to beat some of these teams, especially Alabama. That this was that was really the game. Like I said, if we could have pulled it out against Alabama uh, last week, uh, number one on the bright side, it, it would have been a legendary win. But I guess on the downside, it would have covered over a lot of failures that we're talking about with with planning and strategy, which ultimately ultimately may not be a good thing. So ultimately, you know, I I hope we are better off. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, know, we don't ever want to just close the book quickly on Alabama, but uh, just the same as just being all season, I just, I have to have a, a, 
a, a quick short-term memory and put things behind me and just look forward to the next week because uh, and I hope the players are doing the same because now you know uh, we, we, we'd like to make a bowl game you know and, uh, but as I said bowl game or not we need to win and, and so you know I'm I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm, I'm looking forward at, at Mississippi State now. They're they're next on our agenda. Yeah, they sure are. And and that's. I mean, I think it's absolutely a must win for any further hopes of the season. Or, I mean, maybe a must win for for Sam Pittman's job at this point. Because uh, I, again, I, I'm I'm I have a very slow trigger, but. Sam's got to, he's got to identify the problems that the team's facing and he's got to get the ship right because the, the, the offense, I, I mean, Dan Enos, they, they need, they need a, a, a really good chewing out from what I've yep. seen because yeah. they are basically, we're basically playing good enough defense to win right. huge SEC ball games and our offense yep. is not getting it done. Well, see, and, you know, and not to overlook Mississippi State by any stretch because Mississippi State is the opponent this week. We know we need to win. And, you know, and, you know, there's not really much to be said about it because they're really, you know, as inconsistent and, and they played as, as poorly as we have. So uh, I think it's really tip for tat this week. But I, I want to say this, though. You know, last year the coaching staff knew what the problem was was defense because our offense was so high-powered and everything. So – they went out, they made some changes on defense, and the defense is much improved. So the only reason that I could foresee giving Sam Pittman another opportunity or, or of a you know a chance to save his job in the future is you know what the problem is. Now what are you going to do to go fix this problem like you do with the defense? How are you going to fix this offense? You know, and, and for me, I mean, I don't think Dan Enos should, should return. Uh, myself, I, I, I don't. Uh, I think that, you know, you, you go out in the portal, you find some offensive linemen, and you, you find you a play caller that's going to be able to fit his system with the players that you have. So that's what Sam's got to do. Uh, I don't know, if, per se, if his job is in jeopardy because I think he's got a clause in his contract that if he wins half of his games, uh, they can't fire him if he wins half of his games. And if we beat Florida International, Regardless of what happens the rest of the year, he, he's won. He's won half of his games, so yeah. they would have to, you know, they'd have to fire him for some other reason other than winning percentage. Uh, you know, if they want to find a cause. But as far as Mississippi State goes, the defense is playing like you said. They, the offense definitely needs a, a really good chewing out. Uh, I mean, tell, tell Dan Enos, you know, hey. You're not getting the job done up there in the booth. Come down here on the sideline and get in some of these players' faces. You know, show your face during the game instead of being up there in the booth because I don't know how you felt, uh, Big Mo, but, but when, when Coach used to crawl me on the sideline and get in my face and get in my grill and, 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 you know, talk all kinds of bad things to me, that made me want to go out there and do better so I didn't have to suffer through that again. But if he's up there talking in the booth on a headset or on a phone, and he's all, you know, he, he doesn't raise his voice, and he's all, well, we'll go back and get him next time. That's not putting any fear in no players. I think no. Dan Enos. Six consecutive three and out. If he wants to coach the rest of the season, he needs to find his butt down on that sideline 
and, and do some actual coaching with these players. Yeah. That's my opinion. I mean, six consecutive three and outs. That, that's just – that's not that's not going to cut it in, in college football. And, you know, I mean, again, I, we are talking about Alabama defense here, and, and that's a big part of it. But we, we see it week in and week out. We, we see um, – you know, and I, moving on to Mississippi State, though, if we come out and we think Mississippi State's going to roll over for us just because we, we, we basically owed a win and they're playing at our house and, and they're not doing good either, then we're going to get whipped. Because I'm going to tell you about Mississippi State. First of all, they're, they're, all, they're coming off a bye, okay? So they've had two weeks to rest up and prepare for us while we've been out in Tuscaloosa playing Alabama, getting our, our heads beat in, basically. So they're going to come in rested. It looks like the news is their quarterback may play. Their starting quarterback, Will Rogers. Even if he doesn't play, I think they have a pretty good backup anyway. Um, but also, one thing I noticed about Mississippi State, and again, you know, their team has changed as, as, the, as the season goes on. Other teams change, too. But Mississippi State's got a pretty doggone good-looking win on their record this year. They beat the Arizona Wildcats this season. September 9th, second game of the year. Arizona Wildcats. Why is that a good win? Well, in case you folks didn't check the national scoreboard last week, Arizona went into number 19-ranked Washington State and beat them and, of course, you know, the week before, they took USC to triple overtime in uh, in Los Angeles at the college, well, formerly the Coliseum, now, I guess, SoFi Stadium. Right. Uh, but, uh, t- but took them a triple overtime. Well, they went into Washington State last week, beat them 44-6, to number 19 in the country. You heard that right, 44-6. to a 38-point win. That that Arizona team got beat by Mississippi State. So yeah. people need to think about that when they think about how good Mississippi State may or may not be. Mississippi State has a, either a 500 record, and they've beaten at least one very good football team this year. Yeah. Well, that's and that's that's all very you know that's all very good points and and uh, you know and that's that's something to take in consideration and. But, but however, you know, as bad as our season's went away from Fayetteville for so long, and obviously the players and everybody remember the last time we were in Fayetteville, it didn't really bode so well for us there either. But yeah, I did. think that it's going to be a, 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 should be a good crowd. I don't think that the season has went so lopsided as to say that the crowd won't show up. I think it will be a good crowd Saturday. I think we'll, uh, we'll Oh, you were wondering about that last week, Jackson. I think I think it'll be there. I think it'll be the way based on the performances that the team had on the road. I mean, we didn't just go on the road and get get blasted by anybody. We went, we fought, and we just didn't have any wins. And and here here's the and here's the thing about about these players, which and, and I think the defense is going to score some this this weekend too. I don't think it's going to be a, a very high-scoring game as far as the offense goes, but I do think we're going to put some points on the board with the with 
with special teams and, and I think the defense is going to score some too. I'm going to put this one, and I've been wrong all year. Like I said, I'm going to continue being wrong if I have to, but I, I'm just thinking that we're going to play inspired, uh, and I'm thinking that you're going to see some offensive uh, firepower come from somewhere. Now, where it comes from, I have no idea. That's not up to me to decide. That's hoping that our offensive coaches show up and, and do their job. But I'm going to say 45-21 this weekend. <laughs> Remember I said it. special teams is going to score, defense is going to score. I don't know how many field goals Cam Little might end up keeping, but, he, he, you know, he might put 12 points on the board himself, you know. So, uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that that's going to be the kind of game it's going to be uh, this, this Saturday in Fayetteville, finally back in Fayetteville uh, over the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Only way we're going to score 45 points this week is if Cam Little lines up at wide receiver and starts running pass routes. Okay. Oh well, now that would be an epic coaching move. Uh, I just, I mean, it just, it, it just seems like we have to have one of those kind of games. That, it, that, that game's coming, and, and I'm still believing in it. And that's just that's that's what that's what my gut says, and I'm I'm going to go with my gut. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. I hope so. Um, Mississippi State has uh, definitely given up points. Um, they gave up 40 to Alabama. They gave up 37 to South Carolina, and they gave up 41 to LSU. So they're averaging giving up about 40 points a game to an SEC opponent. But that being said, we're not, we're not LSU. We're not South Carolina. And we're not Alabama. We're not. I, I just. I don't know if I'd be more frustrated, if I'd be happy to see it or just frustrated. I hope we do something that, that changes our offensive game plan. But man, why could, why would, if, if we do, why does it take so long to figure it out? It, it just. KJ is, is he's, he's such a weapon there, but you got to figure out how to effectively use him to get yards. And, and I'm, to you know, go back, to kind of go back to what we were saying about scheme, you know, the season was kind of, you know, checked up to start with because you bring in an offensive coordinator and then you're wanting your three year starting quarterback to change to his offense when if you're an offensive minded guy, you're not coming in and changing that offense. You're, you're going to change, or you're not changing that player figure offense. You're going to come in and you're going to adjust your offense to fit that player. And that's what yeah. didn't happen. They didn't, he was just expecting KJ, hey, you're going to run this offense, and I don't care what you've been running these last few years. You're going to run this offense. And it, it, might, it might have taken that long for it to click, which, you know, again, you know, we can always talk about later on in the future about, you know, if, if we think AJ should pull the for senior thing and come back for another I mean I wouldn't blame I, him if he didn't but I also couldn't blame him if he did come back because you know your draft status your draft status is not going to be very high right now so uh, you know it's beneficial if he if he did decide to come back but I could also see him moving on and I just hate for him to go out like this, and that's why I'm hoping that we kind of have a little turnaround here at the end of the year. Uh, so you, you're telling me because of the COVID, he could come back another year, even though he's the Absolutely. same. He could, he could so choose that if if he if he wanted to, 
season where now this is his last year i'm pretty sure but we'll, we'll confirm that but uh yeah i mean for for us to have a quarterback like kj who's you know like you said the all-time leading yards getter in the history of razorback football and to not make a bowl his senior year um man jackson i i'm just we, we, you know, we, we got a lot of pressure on us to beat Mississippi State. If we can beat Mississippi State, get back in the win column, that's that's going to give us some positive momentum. But you know, we yeah. we're going to have to we got to turn it around. We got to turn it around because finally get a week off. You know. Yeah. But uh, let yeah. let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and move on to. Better subjects, I guess. Uh, I did touch on one of the more uh, from last week and other college football action. I touched on one of the more unbelievable scores, which was Arizona beating Washington State in Pullman by a score of 38 points, which was a real shocker. Um, We had some other surprising results, though. Uh, in college football. Uh, one of them was, I don't think we saw NC State getting manhandled by Duke the way they did. Very Very Man, how, how the mighty have uh, fallen in North Carolina. Yeah. Duke 24, NC State 3. Did yeah, not think very, I was going to see shocked. that score this season. Very shocked by that outcome. And I, I think you called it, Jackson, if I'm not mistaken. The Pittsburgh Panthers upset the Louisville Cardinals in uh, in Pittsburgh, thirty-eight to twenty-one, denied well, I don't, Louisville don't any chance at a perfect season. Did Did you call that think, one, Jackson? Well, I don't think I called it exactly that Pittsburgh was going to win because I, I think what I said was the uh, this is not the Pittsburgh teams of old. Uh huh. And Louisville finally, or Louisville probably figures out a way to win that game. Uh, I thought so you. I remember you saying that it might be a pitfall for them. Uh, it, it could it could be a pitfall, but uh, well, it was. I, I actually I don't actually think I called it a win, but uh, you know I, I can't I can't really take credit for it, but I do I do remember the pitfall. So uh, yeah, uh, a play a play on words that actually came through. So uh, 
We uh, we didn't even cover one of these games here, which was Oklahoma State beat Kansas thirty nine to thirty two, which was a minor upset. Uh, Kansas was ranked twenty third in the country. Uh, Missouri went into Kentucky. Now you didn't get, you you missed on this one, Jackson. Missouri went into Kentucky and barnstormed them thirty eight to twenty one. Like you said, Kentucky got beat twice by Georgia. Yeah, and, uh, yes, they did. Uh, Said so they wouldn't do that, but they did. Right, and and you know, and I, I was, you know, I was definitely, I was definitely wrong, and, and I, I really think, you know, I didn't have a very good uh, show last weekend. Uh, you know, the, the top teams. Uh, I think I actually said that Purdue might give Ohio State a fight, which they didn't. Uh, you know, they, <laughs> those were all kind of lot. Those were all kind of lopsided. I think the only game that I actually and I yeah uh, you, you you missed on wait oh, wait 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 one game you definitely got right and I actually gave you flack about it Jackson was you called the Washington Huskies in the biggest game of the week the Washington Huskies beating the Oregon Ducks you called it and I yep. said man with the way Oregon looked against Colorado I, I don't I don't think that's going to work out. And you were it dead on, 36-33 Huskies. It was a great football game, and you know, and the the, the you know the receiver from uh, I can't pronounce his name. Wouldn't even try to butcher that on the air. Uh, the receiver from Washington that you know that put potentially up for the Heisman, and and his quarterback, you know, Mike, Michael Penix Jr. He, you know, he he, he put himself up uh, on a little further up the the standings for the Heisman too with with that win. Uh, and Washington State is undefeated, uh, but you, you know, just a just a great, great college football game uh, to watch. Yes, it was just back and forth, back and forth, and, and and once again, as Arkansas fans, we better we better be thankful that we have a kicker because there's so many games that I've seen recently that missed kicks have cost teams in college and in the NFL, and. I'm just hoping before the season's out that Cam Little gets a chance to win one, you know, because yes. you know, he's, he's definitely put in the work. And, you know, but, you know, people sleep on the kicker a lot. And there was NFL teams this last weekend that wish they would have had a kicker. Yeah. So, you know, and. Uh, and, and yeah, like you said, if we had a better offense, we'd see Cam Little on highlights tying that game in Alabama. And making Alabama drive the length of the field to beat us—that's the way this game should have ended. Yeah. Instead, Absolutely. ended with a with a with a victory formation because we couldn't couldn't give him a chance. So what anyway. do you, think, you know, and they're and they're and they're in a, like like you know I, I think we titled this you know they're in victory formation and and we're we're just we're just stuck in, in moral victory formation. Yeah. So, uh, but you know that being said, uh, you know I know we discussed Mississippi State a little bit. Uh, what, what else is on tap for this weekend? On tap. Well, I wanted to give you credit for one more from last week oh, that I gave you some flack on, and that was you disappointed me by picking year. North Carolina over Miami. But Jackson, you were right. The Tar Heels forty-one, the Hurricanes thirty-one, and I think you said Georgia Tech is going to beat them twice, and they sure did. They sure did. <laughs> yeah. Georgia Tech beat yeah. them twice there too. Uh, that that score, uh, I mean, it, it didn't surprise me that North Carolina won the game, but but the amount of points they scored was kind of was was what kind of was surprising to me. Yeah. Um. This oh, and of course, one of the best games last week. I have to bring this one up. 
because uh, I was actually kind of um, well. I, I got to bring it up. The uh, South Carolina blew a ten point lead late in the game to lose to Florida, forty one to thirty nine. And I don't know if you heard the news, but the South Carolina coach uh, actually was so upset after the game that he kicked something and broke a bone in his foot. Wow. Serves him right. Serves him right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, and, and, that's, and that's the last thing we need is Florida getting any confidence when we have to go play them in the swamp uh, here, here in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, we don't need Florida getting any confidence right now. Uh, way to go, South Carolina. Your broken footed coach. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I wish I would see some of our coaches reacting that way, too. Uh, you know, South Carolina only has two wins this year. One of them is on is against Furman, and the other one's against Mississippi State. So, of course, yeah. South Carolina had a chance to get a big win there against Florida, and frankly, their schedule does not get much easier. They play at Miss at, at Missouri this week, and then they go to Texas A and M. The week after that, so um, the Gamecocks are two and four, and they're kind of in the same category as we are. But um, wow. Beamer, wow, co- their coach Beamer, he broke his foot. We're neck and we're neck and neck with South Carolina in football. Where where are we where are we going? I mean, what, what's happened? Uh, well, man. I mean, so it's better than being like neck and neck with Vanderbilt, but. You know, we, we, we do have to turn around for sure. We've got to. Yes, it could always be worse. Uh, yeah. I guess it could definitely be worse for sure. So that's one game coming up. Of course, we've already talked about the Arkansas-Mississippi State game. I think the game that you're really excited about, Jackson, probably the game of the week, number seven, Penn State, goes to the horseshoe to face number three, Ohio State. Who you got, Jackson? No, this is, you know, this is one of the games that, uh, it's got a lot of, uh, playoff, uh, playoff, playoff implications in it. And I've said all year that I think Penn State's going to win the Big Ten and they're going to do it. These are kind of games that they have to win. And of, of course I have Penn State going on the road and, and beating Ohio State. You know, Ohio State's just kind of been dodging bullets a few weeks. You know, they dodged one against Notre Dame. You know, they've beaten teams that they're supposed to be handily. Penn State's not one of those teams. Uh, I think Penn State can go in there and what was that term you used earlier? A barnstorming? Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. Barnstorming? Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, it's going to be, gonna be a, a, a uh, horseshoe-breaking uh, atmosphere that's going to happen up there in, in Columbus. I, I like Penn State uh, to, to win. All right. Well, Ohio State's favored by four and a half, but – uh, it's at 11 o'clock on a uh, Fox. Tune into that one. Then we have another big game that I, I, I think will be very interesting. Two one-loss teams. Number 17, Tennessee, goes to number 11, Alabama. What do you think about that action? Well, it's, 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 a, great, it's a great rivalry game. Uh, you know, Tennessee and Alabama, they, and they just – I just think they just plain don't like each other. But, you know, they do like to play each other, and the game is normally pretty good. And You know, I, it's always hard for me to go against Alabama, you know, especially when they play at home. But I just don't – I just think if Tennessee can keep their offense rolling a little bit, I, I think they can beat Alabama. I, I like Tennessee in the upset. All right. I, I kind of – after seeing what I saw against Arkansas – 
or, uh, you know, in this Alabama-Arkansas game recently, I tend to agree with you. Alabama is is really living on borrowed time. But they, but they could also make adjustments, so we'll have to see. Another big game that no one thought was going to be a big game this time of year, number 16 Duke goes to number four Florida State, 630 on ABC. Who do you like, Jackson? Uh, uh, you know, I don't. I mean, this 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 is not even fair. You know that Duke is even ranked that high in in a sport that's not basketball. Uh, let 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 me go with Florida State to remind them that they need to you know go ahead and get those sneakers ready and uh, and get get ready for basketball season. Uh, Florida State Florida State going to stay undefeated one more week. All right. It will be a big game for sure. It's um could decide that could obviously have some playoff implications too, that game right there. Uh we also have number fourteen Utah going to number eighteen USC. USC, of course, you you believe that Notre Dame uh did not have the defense to stop them last week, but yeah, Notre Dame on that. Uh, this I was definitely wrong on that. They, you know, they they showed that uh, you know, Caleb Williams is human. Uh, I think he had three interceptions in that game, and uh, this is, this is another one of those that you know I like to use this terminology, but I, I'm just wondering if if USC can avoid uh, allowing Notre Dame to beat them twice. Uh, Utah was their undoing last year. Utah beat USC in the regular season and in the Pac-12 championship game. That was the team that knocked them off, and uh, I just think Utah, Utah might just seem to have USC's number right now. I, I, I like, I like Utah. All right, I'm gonna make a bold prediction here, Jackson. I'm gonna predict that no Pac-12 team is gonna be in the playoffs this season. It's October 18th. I'm making this prediction. I like it. I like it. I, I and and it's it. not because I don't think any of them deserve to be in. In fact, I think probably multiple Pac-12 teams deserve to be in the playoffs. But they all play each other, and they're all going to take losses because none of them dominate over the other. They're the, good, very the only, good teams pl- all play in tough schedules. If, I would say this to, to kind of uh, not really contradict your prediction because I tend to agree with you. But if there is a Pac-12 team in the playoff, I'm going to predict that it is the Washington Huskies that you see in the playoff as a Pac-12 participant. Well, now, Washington is undefeated. They are undefeated, and they do play. The next two games are very winnable. They play at home against Arizona State, should take care of business, and then they play at Stanford, should take care of business there. But guess who they got after that? They got to go to USC, very probably a loss. Then they have to play number 14, Utah, at home. Then they got to go to number 12, Oregon State. And then they got to play their hated rival, who was last week ranked 19th in the country, Washington State, at home in the Apple Bowl. You know, and that's why, you know, that's why I say I I tend to agree with you that no Pac-12 team will be there. But I, I just think if there if there is one still standing, it, it will it will be Washington that represents the Pac-12. 
So, so let's say Washington goes through that stretch, and let's say that, that they come away with, with only one loss, okay? Do you think that's good enough? I think well, you know they they would have to, they would have to be the one loss Pac-12 champion to be there. I, I just I, think it's very interesting with with those teams. Uh, I, I just don't see anybody really coming out of the Pac-10 with less than one loss. And if they do, I'm not sure they get the respect that they deserve because you put any team other than Georgia in that conference give them those teams schedule they're not coming out of there with less than one loss i mean i'm sorry with less than two losses everybody's going to be taking two losses from yeah, michigan i can see that I can you know see that argument but i will tell you one thing here's here's the other reason i believe that is because of what notre dame did to usc so notre dame pac-12 early in the year was was getting a lot of high praise for how they were beating up on non-conference teams well people are going to really think about that notre dame usc game where notre dame beat them by four touchdowns when they're comparing some of those records over there yeah, right. that was a huge everyone in the pac-10 should really be disgusted with usc because they killed any in my mind any chance whatsoever of them getting two bids but probably killed their their realistic chance of even getting one well, that one game, why, and that's why I said, you know, I, I tend to agree with you that there won't be one, you know, left standing. Uh, you know, this could very well be the year that you know the SEC is standing alone with just only one. Uh, where, oh yeah. Where you, have, where you had the Big Twelve represented twice, or the, or the Big Ten represented twice. So, uh, you know, it, it's yeah. it's going to be it's going to be interesting the way the the way the year the year turns out. That's for sure. I mean, what I'm seeing right now is, is I'm looking at Georgia, Michigan, Penn State, and then an argument between Florida State or whoever wins the Big 12 championship between Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. That, that's kind of what, what we're looking at right now. Because Texas, Texas is still in good shape. If they were to run the table, and they should, and make it to the Big 12 championship game, they're a win in the Big 12 championship game from at least having an I mean, extremely strong argument. Probably should be him. But then that would leave either Florida State or the the loser of Penn State and Michigan out, you know? Yep. So that's kind of where we're, where we're lined up. But, but again, Penn State, hey, if Penn State, if, you want to make, if Penn State wants to make it to the playoff, they got to beat Ohio State. They've got to go into Ohio State and beat them. I, you think they're going to do it. I have serious doubts about that because their next opportunity is going to be when they play Michigan at home on November 11th. Right. And so they they got to get one of those games. I'm assuming Michigan is probably going to be Ohio State this year. They look they look better to me. Yeah. But, Ohio State just looks shaky. And, and, you know, I mean – if they if their quarterback gets tackled on the goal line, there's no time left. Notre Dame beat them on the goal line, but Notre Dame was unable to tackle him. Mm-hmm. You know they run a quarterback sneak because time's running out in the game, and if they don't score right there, Notre Dame wins. And that's yeah. the kind of you know, and, and Ohio State just doesn't have a consistency for me to to think that they're not only are they not going to beat Penn State, 
but I don't think they're going to beat Michigan either. I think that Penn State yeah, I don't, I will. And then the same thing said for Ohio State. You know, it could be. It's very consistent. And Penn State, as well as Michigan, they've both been consistent in the way they've been winning these games. There hasn't been yeah. any doubt in Michigan fans' minds that, hey, by halftime, we know we're fixing to win. That's the same thing that Penn State's been doing all year. So their game is going to decide who represents the Big Ten in a championship game. Mm-hmm. And, and and not only and not only that, in the playoffs. Let's let's imagine this scenario, Jackson. Tell me what you what, what you make out of this, because again, all three of those teams are undefeated. I don't think there's any doubt those are the three best teams in the Big Ten. Tell me this: What happens if Ohio State beat, beats Penn State this week? Then, when Michigan plays Penn State, Michigan loses to Penn State. Penn State wins, and then last game of the year when Ohio State plays Michigan. Michigan beats Ohio State. What 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 do you make out of that mess right there? If that was to happen again, let me repeat that: Penn State, Ohio State beats Penn State this weekend. Then Penn State beats Michigan, and then Michigan beats Ohio State. Well, it, you know, it would it would, uh, it would remind you of uh, when when the Big Twelve went through that with I believe. Texas Tech. There was like a. It ended up being a, a situation like that, and what they went to was uh, they did something with with the, the points. Well, how much did this one beat this one by, and how much did this one beat this one by, and they ended up deciding on the two that were going to play for the Big Twelve championship. And I think that would be yeah. the kind of scenario that yeah. when they played, it would you would look at the head to heads. Well, how'd they do head to head? Okay, well they all beat each other. Okay, yeah. well how bad did they beat? each other and okay. the ones that the ones that were most impressive then they're going to look like okay well what did they do against the rest of the competition how bad okay. they're going to they're going to narrow it down kind of like you know when you when you play in a golf tournament you got to go to the flight and you got to go to the they got they got to go to the uh, i don't like that analogy i don't like that I mean, analogy do, i see what you mean though okay so 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 yes so i understand you're going to be a tiebreaker there one of those teams is going to be left out of the Big Ten championship. One of those teams will be in that scenario. Because I think that's, frankly, a very likely scenario. All that has to happen for that to happen is just the teams win at home. Ohio State wins at home. Penn State wins at home. Michigan wins at home. And, and boom, then, you've got – go And then, depending on who, who plays in the Big Ten championship game, if the loser also lost to the one that was left out, that one that was left out that didn't even play in the championship game could have an argument to get back into the playoffs. Yeah. They're like, well, not only did they beat them, but we beat them too. Their two losses are to us. We deserve to be there right beside whoever the team was that won. So this so this is what I would like to see, Jackson. This is what I'd like to see. The Big Ten could get two teams into the playoffs. I mean, that's what it boils down to. This is, this is the scenario I would personally like to see. Is I would like to see... You know, Penn, I would like to see Ohio State win this win this week against Penn State. Then I would like to see Michigan get lose convincingly to Penn State when they go to Penn State. Convincingly. So bad that Michigan is the team and when they run the points and of course and now I want Michigan to kind of barely beat 
Ohio State in the last game. So when they run the points, Michigan is the team left out of the Big 12 championship. I'm sorry, the Big Ten championship, where you've got Penn State against Ohio State. Then what I want to happen in that Pitt Big Ten championship is I want Ohio State to beat Penn State, just like they did the first time they played, and Ohio State to win the Big Ten championship. And, and to create a scenario in which Ohio State, the, the, the argument is between – in that scenario, I think you'd let both of them in, right? Ohio State and Michigan would both get in, right? Yeah. But, but, but then – And I like your scenario and I like your theory. But at the same time, I got to come from – you know, I got to come from my football stance side of things where I don't want to see Ohio State win anything. So I win <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> and I think a Penn State win this weekend pretty much puts Ohio State out of that big picture for the playoff. Because okay. I think a, a loss in the horseshoe yeah. to Penn State is going to be so demoralizing that Ohio State has has a hard time getting things put back together. Yes, and I would love a, I would love a scenario where Penn State and Michigan are, are both in the playoff, along with uh, you know the the under. I mean, assuming that Florida State goes undefeated, but having watched Florida State and how they squeaked by some games, they've been the most complete, uh, one of the more, more complete teams outside of Penn State that I've watched this year, other than Georgia. Because uh, aside from struggling with Auburn, Georgia has been ultimately impressive once again. And they, they look like a team that could win their third in a row. Just I would love to see that argument. Let's say, let's say Florida State runs the table. They go undefeated. No doubt about it, they're in the playoff. And then you've got, of course, Georgia in the playoff. Them and Georgia are the only ones that control their own destiny right now. Yeah. And then – Yes, and then let's say you got Texas, which runs the table. And Texas is looking good because they have that win over Alabama. They got the win at Alabama. Their only loss is a close loss, very close loss, to Oklahoma, which anybody could lose to. Oklahoma's strong team. And so those three are looking good, and you're basically faced with a scenario in, in my uh, hypothetical there where you're going to let in – a Michigan team that's only got one loss to Penn, at, on the road to Penn State, but they didn't play in their conference championship. You either let them in or you let in Texas, who's only got one loss and didn't play in their conference championship. But Michigan just – but you're going to let in Ohio State too, even though Ohio State just got beat by Michigan two weeks before. And, 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 and that is – I mean – it's a very interesting topic for middle of the season college football, uh, and, and you only you only hear it on our podcast, folks. I'm just letting you know that's right. No other place that you're going to hear this kind of talk other than home field advantage. I'm just that's right. Throwing a plug out there, you're not going to hear it anywhere else. <laughs> but I mean, and, but it, and here in a few weeks, we might not even be able to make the same argument because it's all going to work itself out. Just like the mess that's going to be in the Pac-12, it's all going to work itself out. But right. one thing, and I don't know, I don't know how well you agree with this, but but one thing that I I'm pretty certain of since they went to the fourteen playoff, for the most part, and I would have to get your opinion, but for the most part, we end up 
win for the championship. I don't think there's been very many years where one of the teams that's in, you're like, well, they don't deserve to be. They, they, they tend to get it right. And, I mean, obviously the national championship game last year was, was lopsided, but TCU deserved to be there. They just got oh, to Oh, definitely. And, the and they had to win to get there, too. They had to win a playoff game to get there. They deserved to be there. And I, and I, yeah. think, I, and I think of Washington, that, that kind of thing could happen to Washington if they run across the right team in a playoff. Or that could happen to a uh, – to a to a Oregon or a USC, you know, and which those I don't think those teams are going to make it. But my point is, for the most part, in the playoff era, they we, we tend to have a true national champion. You know, the, the team that won the championship, you know, was probably ended up being the best team. Yeah. You know, there's years you could argue, well, Alabama lost a close one to Clemson. Alabama was really the best team, but they didn't win mm-hmm. the championship. But you know. Back in the old days in BCS, there was questions. You're like, man, these teams shouldn't even be playing for the title. Why we got Alabama and LSU playing for a national championship? They weren't the two best teams that year. That was just how the BCS was formatted. They gave them that rare opportunity for two teams from the same conference to play for the title. Shouldn't have happened. So I'm just the playoffs going to get it right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, here's the thing: they're going to get it right. Unless the best team in the country ends up number five. And I'm here to tell you, the best team in the country may be the Michigan Wolverines. You heard it here on October 18th on the Home Food Badge podcast. The best and team I in the would, country may very well be the Michigan Wolverines. I would, I would argue the same thing about Penn State. I've been saying it all year. Penn State uh, is yeah. the big I think they are the Big Ten champion. I'm going to stick with that. I agree, and and that's why I think Penn State is going to beat Michigan. But here's the, but here's my scenario. I'm painting you a scenario, Jackson, in which neither Michigan or Penn State, who very well might be, if you listen to us, they might be the two best team, not just the best team, but the two best teams in the country. And I'm painting you a very real scenario in which neither one of those teams gets a chance even in the playoffs. To play, yep. and it all—all all that's got to happen is two things. Number one, well, all that's got to basically happen. The biggest thing is that Penn State's got to lose twice to Ohio State. Yeah. And 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 once once in Ohio State, which is very understandable, and then once at a neutral site, which will probably be dominated, or you know, at least a majority of Ohio State fans there. Yep. You know. I, I, I totally agree, and. and I, I have to, but I have to say though, you know, you know, there seems to be a lot of people sleeping on the two-time defending national champion because Georgia's not just going to give that title away. Somebody's going to have to come take it from. And I don't think I, I think they are going to run the table in the SEC and be undefeated when they get to the playoffs. Uh, so somebody's going to have to take that crown from Georgia, and I just don't know if anybody can do it. Whether it's Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. A Pac-12 team, Texas. I, I just, I don't see it right now. And, you know, the, the writing is not on the wall for me that Georgia is, is not a three-time champion. Well, I mean that that is saying a lot for sure. I, I just, it's hard for me. It's really uh, something to be said about Georgia that yeah. you would even be considered the favorite after losing your quarterback, who won you the first two championships. That you would still be the favorite to win three in a row. That is, I mean, it's just it is. Rep- 
remarkable what, what Kirby Smart has, has done in Georgia. And I know we got to that, you know, that Penn State, Ohio State uh, uh, game this weekend, and we kind of got stuck. But you know, it, there's there's nothing that says you know in our in our rules of our contracts that says we have to run down ten or fifteen college football games a week. We got to some very interesting topics, folks. I mean, y'all need to be reaching out to Sports Illustrated, Scott Van Pelt. Let them know, hey, if you're not listening to these two guys, you don't need to be listening to sports because you know you're you're not you're not listening to the content that matters. Uh, so, yeah, that uh, you know, very very interesting uh, topic of, of of discussion there. Yeah. Uh, any any other any other games stick out besides that big one in, in Well, I want to give you I want to throw out a number for you, Jackson. That's the number five. Five. Okay. That's the number of SEC teams on a buy this week. Wow. And two of those teams out there are none other than the Georgia Bulldogs and the Florida Gators. Yeah. And guess who plays the week after next? Yeah. Georgia and Florida. Which is exciting for us as Razorback fans because we want Florida putting all their energy preparing for that Georgia game for two weeks and then laying it all on the line. And hope, hopefully getting disappointed, dragging back to the swamp, just like we're dragging back to Fayetteville this year, and expecting the Razorbacks to come on bended knee and hand them a nice win on a nice silver platter. Yeah. Which, that's exactly what we're expecting from Mississippi State. I mean, which I know we've given some wins away, but we have to put a, a dadgum one of them on silver platter for nobody. They, I mean, we have been snatching defeats from the jaws of victory all year. Well, we're going to go down there in the swamp with all those Gator fans doing the chomp, and we're going to make sure that we walk out of there victorious, especially after the Bulldogs tear into them. We're going to show them who the king of the swamp is, aren't we, Jackson? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the swamp swamp people... Those those Gators are going to be sliding back into the water real, real... uh, with, with their heads hung low as, as the hogs triumphantly uh, uh, celebrate on the on the on the uh, on the bank and bank we of the swamp in the swamp where we've never <laughs> won yeah you know I keep hearing it we've never won there we've never won there we've never won there okay well you know there's a first time for everything and and that's when we go and we get it done but let's we gotta take care of Mississippi right. State first I don't want to put you know I don't want to put too much you know right. on it. Uh, we digress. We digress. Let's focus on Mississippi State. So, one more SEC game. Ole Miss travels to Auburn. Mississippi is six and a half point favorites. Who you like, Jackson? Uh, I don't think Auburn can beat their way out of a wet paper sack right now, and they're not going to do anything with that Ole Miss offense. Uh, I just think that I think Auburn is, is a team in the SEC that's actually in shambles right now, and I would be shocked if they beat Ole Miss. Okay. Yeah, they hey, they gave Georgia a run for their money, so I, I wouldn't put it past them yeah. for sure. But uh, I do see that. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's just not a we, – we've kind of whittled the teams down from the contenders to the pretenders. One other game out there, Jackson, that's going to be a good one. But amazingly, there's between two unranked teams with two losses, and that's Clemson at Miami. Wow. Clemson's favored by a field goal down in, in South Florida. Who, who do you like there, Jackson? 
I just think that, you know, you know, they're the Miami Hurricanes, and right now their their heads are spinning, and they're looking for a win. They don't know which way's up right now. And I, I just I don't think they can get together enough to even beat Clemson. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Tigers. I, I just I mean, right. Miami, Miami Complete collapse from Miami for not taking the knee. Out of control right now. Complete collapse. So, all right, you heard it here, folks. Uh, we want to touch on, I'll tell you, another team that I wouldn't say collapsed, but had a disappointing performance was the creamsicle wearing Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week, whose, whose dismal performance was only matched by the sad sack New Orleans Saints down in, down in Houston. Uh, I was hoping that we wouldn't. I was hoping that the the cast would shut off before this you know, run out of uh, <laughs> run out of airtime or something. Uh, I don't know. Tampa Bay reverted to the '70s with their, the way they were playing and their uniforms. Uh, I mean, I hope they throw those away and never put them on again. Uh, you know, and now you know we, we need to we need to bounce back because you know if, if we want to win the division, we we really need to beat Atlanta this weekend. And it's going to be a good game. Uh, I think I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a good game. I think we're gonna bounce back at home and, and you know I don't I'm not a big Saints fan. That's no secret. But you know you, you guys need a bounce back win too. You know I don't I don't just hate the Saints. You know they they are Big Mo's team. Uh, I just dislike them two years two two weeks out of the year when when they play us. And, yep. Um, and we've already taken care of business <laughs> in one of those in one of those meetings. So. Uh, I didn't rub it in your face or anything like that. But yeah, those cream sickle. Uh, Girl Scout looking uniforms. We played like a bunch of Girl Scouts. I mean, we would not play like Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, it's just uh, a, a game I want to forget for sure. Well, you got to give the Detroit Lions some credit. They've uh, they've made a lot Detroit, of people look bad Detroit on the road this year. Make no mistake about it. Detroit is going places. You better you better believe that they they have good things going on in Detroit right now. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, with the the NFL continues. I think the big surprise last week was the Browns, who were starting a backup quarterback, not named Deshaun Watson, PJ Walker, ended up pulling off the upset against the San Francisco 49ers, who had a chance to win the game at the end with a field goal, but did not have Cam Little kicking off for them and not on their active roster. And so, you know, it was really, it was really a two-part upset because not only did San Francisco lose, but Philly, Philly loses to the Jets, and so two two teams that were just rocking and rolling really high, and they both got knocked off their high horses. So the NFL, yeah. I mean, it's just you know it was looking like maybe a runaway race for some teams. It's kind of looking a little more wide open now. And. You mentioned teams getting knocked off. Let's not forget about the Sunday night game where the Giants had the ball on the one-yard line of the Bills, down by five, with one play to win the game. All they had to do was get one yard. Game's over. Giants beat Buffalo in Buffalo. And there was a pass to the back of the end zone, Darren Waller, that was pass interference, clear pass interference. The guy grabbed his jersey and prevented him from – jumping for the ball, but it was not called because the reason they got that play to begin with because they made pass interference on Darren Waller a play yep. earlier. But uh, they came that close to there being 
the Giants beating Buffalo, the Jets beating the Eagles, and the Browns beating the 49ers in the same week. I mean, it's just a lot of parody, ain't it, Jackson? Yeah, I, I think, I think, like I said, I think the NFL is wide open. You know, there's a lot of people that are thinking it's, it's Kansas City's to win or lose, but I, I, I don't agree with that. I, I mean, I really think there's, you know, potentially 13 or 14 NFL teams that that we, we could see play for the title. And I, I look forward to watching it unfold, for sure. I do, too. Man, I mean, is this a wonderful time of year or what? You know, I, I was driving by, and I love seeing those scenes with a little, here in Arkansas, seeing a little creek babbling, and the leaves that are falling from the trees floating in the creek. It's just such a yep. beautiful picture. Yeah, it is. And, you know, you got, you know, you have, uh, the World Series right around the corner, and the NBA is fixing the yep. football. College basketball starts in a few weeks, so it's, it's a good time to be a fan of teams. And you know, if you got a team out there to listen to or watch, so find find some good friends. Uh, I suggest sit down and watch it and uh, enjoy life because uh, life's life's too short not to not to have your enjoyment. And you know, this is an enjoyment that I have uh, every time I get to to, to do this cast and. Uh, Me too. You, I'm going with a friend. Talk about the hogs, and whether they're disappointing, they're winning or they're losing, they're they're still the hogs, and just just proud to be part of the the, the hog nation and the the home field advantage podcast, and uh, just just always glad to be with you all. And uh, I can only Definitely. say after a great episode, I can only say amen to that. Definitely, Definitely. glad to be here with you, here with you too, Jackson. Jackson. Have my, have my, my good my friend, friend here on the phone, on the phone with me. With me. Love doing this every week, and yeah, this is just such a great time, time of year to be a, to be a fan, fan of sports, sports in general. So, so. Absolutely. I have to agree with you. Amen. Amen. Amen to that, bro.